At breakfast, I don't speak of the girl who was in my room. I am still convincing myself she was a dream, like in the hospital, a product of my battered head. In reality, I'm not sure what in the world happened in my room at five o'clock. In the kitchen, Abby is making breakfast. I slap a few strips of bacon between two biscuit slices and head outside. I eat in the truck cab. It's already 80 degrees. High on the hill, I see the strange barn staring down at me. I can feel its hunger. Free Jambalaya presents Phantom Limb, Season 2, Horror Stories and Strange Fiction for a Maladapted Species. Episode 7, The Hay Barn and the Girl Who Sings, Part 2. Diz does not arrive for work. I think nothing of it. With only one person to load, Abby decides to work on school lesson plans at the house. In the field, I grab the first bell and fling it up onto the big truck. As I approach with the second bell, Tab stomps the brakes and I ram my elbow on the metal lined bed. Hey, what the hell? What's going on with you fellas? Up there! The doors on the barn are open! What in blazes? We dash up the dirt trail leading to the barn that I am supposed to avoid. No one speaks. As we near, I can hear her singing. It's her. The girl in my hospital room and my bedroom last night. I am sure of it. My lord, it is her. She used to sing that song to me. Who is she, Granddad? Granddad cannot speak. Something has him spooked. Really spooked. Shafts of light break through the crevices and elegant shafts. Dust meanders through the large chamber in confused disorder. Mice scatter across the dusty floorboards. They do not want us there. Neither does the barn. What's that sound? It's coming from over there, in that dark corner under the loft. Tab and I step inside. Grandad waits in the doorway. The air is thick, sweltering. I make out something moving through the backdrop of spectral shadows. It's like the pendulum bob on the grandfather clock in the den, which swings slow, deliberate, as if it will move that way forever. 
I feel Tab's hand on my shoulder, and we move towards the beckoning shadows. He withdraws his lighter and flicks the flame, holding it above our heads. It is Diz, hanging by the neck. His tongue, purple and thick, juts from his mouth as if it were trying to escape. Back and forth he goes, slow and steady, as if he will move that way forever. The other boy doesn't ask questions. That is what she said. He will surely ask no more. We sit around the kitchen table. Granddad seems lost. Tab puts a cup of coffee in front of him, but he pushes it away. Abby leans against the counter. She is apart from Tab. Apart from the family. Apart from whatever dark history has arrived on our doorstep. She has returned. Somehow. Who is she, Granddad? Kay Ellen Rose. She she was in love with me when I was young, and I... I think she was in my room last night. And in the hospital, too. What? Why didn't you say anything about it, Jess? I thought I was dreaming. It didn't seem real, Uncle. Guys, there is a body hanging in that barn, and we're sitting here yapping about teenage ghosts. We should call the sheriff. Well, sure. But what do we say when he gets here, Abby? That Diz worked all day with us, then went home, but decided to come back and hang himself in one of our barns? Sure, that sounds normal. People do that all the time. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow. She'll come for me now. Why? What am I missing? What are you all not telling me? Granddad stares into my eyes, and the gentle smile I love warms his face. He places his hand on mine. I know we are standing at a crossroads. She was carrying my baby, Jess. She was 17 years old. I was 19. A wild rooster. Dad, you don't have to do this. Let him speak. Jess is part of this now. I I didn't love her. People warned me. There was an element of madness in her. But she was so lovely. Wanted to explore things. Couldn't stay away from her. So what did you do? Things were different back then. That barn on the hill was new. I, I locked her in the hottest day of the year, full of steaming hay. I hoped she would die, but I never dreamed she would. She died in there? We came back from the fields, and I, I went to let her out around midnight when everyone was sleeping. I was going to tell her I would marry her, but she was lying there. Lifeless. I carried her deep into the mountain yonder. I put her in the ground, afraid no one would find her, but I figured I'd get away with it. I can't take any more of this. I'm gonna go put up some hay. That's what we used to do around here. How in the world can she be back? It's not possible. Her mother, she was a witch, some kind of backwards enchantress. Always casting spells and stirring up trouble. Cows died and crops failed. 
babies were born all messed up. It was a strange time around here. And that crazy woman knew what I'd done. Did she report you? No. No. She, she cursed me. Told me I would spend my life believing the curse had failed. That I would one day realize I did not. And here we are. It is all so unbelievable. Hard to fathom. I head out to help Abby. She's just sitting in her truck, staring up at the barn. I join her in the cab. We say nothing. Her hands are shaking on the steering wheel. Diz's remains are still in there. I can't bring myself to look at that old barn for the rest of the day. darkness sets in, I feel uneasy, as if something awful is going to happen. Tab decides to sit in Granddad's room all night. He has a loaded shotgun. I'm not sure buckshot is an effective tool against a ghost, but seems to make him feel better. Abby, who is disgusted with all of us, goes to bed alone. I turn in at 11. It seems like it should be morning. The day has dragged on so long. I imagine I will not sleep, but I fall off fast. Consorting with a ghost brings about a new level of exhaustion. I awaken to soft singing. She is in my room. I find that I cannot move as she climbs on top of me. Her voice is delicate, from another place and time. The tune is haunting. It's like old times, isn't it? Does she know who I am? Does she think I'm my grandfather? It feels like the darkness is consuming me. I came back for you. Her mouth brushes against my lips. Her breath is like cut hay. Sharp. Earthen. Desiccated. I want to scream for Tab, but I'm scared beyond words. I understand now. The curse is on me. She stands and pulls me to my feet as if I am weightless. I can see her clear. She is, as my grandfather said, beautiful. In an unfinished way, a sort of barnyard beautiful. Her eyes sparkle in the moonlight, magnifying her innocence. I imagine this is how she was on that day. I feel sorry for all that was taken from her. I reckon you know where we're going. To the barn. Come with me. I try to imagine who will find me. I love you so much, Emmett. He is not Emmett. 
It is my grandfather, standing in the doorway of the barn. Gasoline can in his hand. Kay Ellen seems confounded. She rubs her hands over her open mouth. Emmett? Kay Ellen, won't you sing for me? I... Mother, what am I to do? Granddad steps to her, takes her hand, calms her. She places her head on his shoulder, and I can see the bond that seemingly wants to find them. Let's ride on the tractor tonight, Kay Ellen, like we used to. Remember? Uh, we'll head out to our, our special place. There is a rusted Alice Chalmers tractor sitting at the back wall. Looks like it has not been used for many decades. Yes, Emmett, we'll find our spot at the edge of the woods where the grass is soft and cool. Yes, Kay Ellen. We, we have to put some gasoline in the tank first, though. He is very gentle with her. He looks back at me and smiles. I know it is his farewell. I begin to make my way to the doorway as I watch him pouring the gas. I wonder if curses will burn. Much of the gasoline is spilling on the floorboards, on his boots, and overalls. I hear her singing soft to him. He sets the can down, then kisses her. I was wrong, Gail. Can you forgive me? Kay Ellen smiles. Before she can answer, Granddad strikes a lighter. I turn away as the heat rushes over my back. The barn hisses and wheezes a demon song. Flames spreading fast over the parched sideboards as beams begin to crash to the floor. I stand in the distance, watching as the barn surrenders to the engulfed blaze. Turn to make my way back to the house to tell Tad and Abby what has happened. Kay Ellen is with me. Somehow. Is your name Jess? It is. I do not desire to do this, but I must. It is within me. To take my life. An eye for an eye. Your Bible says, Greater love hath no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. No one was there for me. No brother, no friend. And now, no one is here for you, Jess. Smoke rises from her hair. Feel the heat radiating from within her. She is alive in some way. Cattle die. Crops fail. The witch's daughter lives. I realize that my granddad died in vain. The curse remains alive within her. I do not know whether I should run, pray, for my life. She seems so calm 
as my heart pounds against my chest. The curse will end now. With us. With me. With the sins of my father. I can feel her. She is in my skin. In my heart. I can sense the earth. Ready to reclaim me. Dust. Dust. First, I have a final request. Will you sing for me, Kayara? The Hay Barn and the Girl Who Sings was written by Mark Smith and Esther Perry, adapted from a short story by Mark Smith, and voice acting by Ben Brown, Taylor Dawson, Dean Knight, Dale Leopold, Alex Mayberry, and Katie Mayberry, with music, sound design, and editing by Ben Patterson and Matt Tracy. Thanks for listening to Phantom Limb. We release new episodes on the last day of every month. If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating or review, and consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash phantomlimb. For just five bucks, you get access to bonus content like author interviews, soundtracks, behind-the-scenes photos, and more. And you help us pay the fine folks who donate their time and talent to this project. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to join us next month.